Welcome back to the show. We're about to learn the secret sauce. Excellent. So Ryan, thanks so much for making the drive down or the drive up. I guess technically it's north (laughs) from where you live. We don't have to dox you until, but yeah. Anyway, what I'm getting at is welcome. Looking forward to learning about your your background in solid and sort of how you got there. Um, But before we start, do you want to intro yourself? Tell us what you do, how you got there. Huh, uh, yeah. Um, what I do, I'm. Yeah, do you have a title at, at yeah, Elify? N- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I am principal engineer um, on open source at Netlify officially. Um, okay, nice. But yeah, I I created the SolidJS framework, and um, I work on open source full time, uh, which is an amazing opportunity um, provided to me by Netlify. And uh, that means I work a lot on my own JavaScript framework, but also interact with a lot of members um, in other JavaScript frameworks. And we actually um, do a lot of stuff together uh, in terms of, you know, benchmarking demos and kind of figuring out, you know, where technology is heading. Yeah. So this is going to be like a open ended question, but like, where'd you learn how to code? Uh, I, I've been doing this for quite some time. Uh, I, I started as a kid. I, my my dad went back to school at one point and uh he he was like an iron worker by trade and he came home and he's so proud to show me uh this white little arrow that would go up the screen on this like blue background and it was, it was written in quick basic as i would find out later but he was like brian look it's a rocket ship and i i could tell at that point like that it wasn't just like a video like he'd made the computer do this and i was pretty young at the time and immediately i knew like i i wanted to program so i was like 10 years old and i was learning quick basic trying to make my own rocket ship or video game as it would be so be but uh yeah i mean realistically to actually do anything real i mean i I did tinker around with trying to make games for a couple years but the first practical solution was um i kind of got started right around the time the web got started i was in my teens you know when the kind of dawn in the internet and i was playing in bands and uh Every band uh, needed a website um, and being kind of more technical into the programming stuff, I found myself making uh, websites for my band, for other bands, even some local businesses is really kind of how I, you know, got into, um, I guess, web development. Although, I mean, at was that, that in JavaScript? That's what I was going to say. At that point, there wasn't that much JavaScript, right? Like what you do is you'd kind of, you know, go see what someone else was doing and copy like the HTML structure of, you know, some big yep. mess of nested tables but then there'd be like you know the little snippets of like oh how do they do that cool thing but luckily we had view source for that yes yes thank you i don't know who introduced was it navigator that introduced viewing source and the browser itself yeah i i don't remember exactly i i i as i said i this is this is like 95 96 97 i think is when i really got into full swing with the band so by that point yeah you had netscape um which was you know big player and you had internet explorer um but yeah so i i mean i, I gotta ask what yeah i need to ask about the band because the the band you eventually were playing in was called solid as well yeah yeah uh, that, that that was an interesting one um we uh which also like peeped the the tattoo as well yeah yeah I, I know i kind of just flickered that one it, it's, <laughs> it, it goes this way so it takes a little bit more um to see it but uh essentially uh naming bands are hard and again this is the 90s so we were sitting there and we're like looking around the room and we're like how do we name our band and you know at that point like silver chair had come out and all this and we we're like literally looking at furniture and trying to like <laughs> like decide what we we're gonna do like brown table you know like this doesn't have a ring to it and uh it was around easter and there's these chocolate easter bunnies um that that are 
called like Mr. Solid, Mr. Crunchy, all that stuff. And essentially there was a Mr. Solid Easter bunny on the table that had been brought over, over by a relative. And essentially we were like, yeah, Mr. Solid. And it, I mean, this is kind of cheeky pop punk, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So we're like, we saw the double entendre and we were like, yes, we're going to be called Mr. Solid. And then over time we just dropped the Mr. And okay. Yeah. <laughs> just like the Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. And it's good because that came my moniker too, right? Because I was in a punk band, you know, you, your last yeah. name's that. So I became Ryan Solid at that point. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, I kind of went down memory lane on a previous episode with Chance the Dev and uh, talking about Screamo bands. But <laughs> in the 90s when I was, uh, I guess I'm a little bit younger than you. Uh, I was like middle school. Right. Uh, I was also listening to a lot of like punk tapes that we would just get from random friends in the neighborhood. And uh, I ended up... Like you'd mentioned before we hit record, like bands like Rancid, like I listened to Rancid, listened to a lot of ska music and stuff like that growing up. Yeah. Also had a punk band, was not very good. We didn't get out of the garage, um, but we ended up calling it Chicken. Okay. Um, Chicken because uh, my grandma, who's from the Caribbean, the way she pronounces chicken. Right. Was Chicken. And uh, yeah, it was just... Name, naming yeah. is hard and the funny thing is you think having learned that lesson so young i wouldn't have really continued into programming right yeah i mean <laughs> that's the thing is like naming so i, I work for a company which has got pizza and the, the tld yeah. so but that was also like it was it was punny to say open sauce.pizza so like that's why we have the tld today right and uh but naming is hard and what i usually do is i also throw out the, the worst name possible so like whenever i'm on a team like oh we have a new library we have the new file whatever we're gonna name it something <laughs> what i've learned if you throw out the worst name someone will come up with something better the problem is you sometimes hope. people don't come up with something better and then you have like what the original api for our for our open sauce i called it flavor flav and up until last week it was still called flavor flav uh for the repo itself and right. uh yeah we ended up changing that yeah, that's, that's the thing. When you started that part of the story, I was like positive you were going to go there because you hope. It's like a 70% chance someone will get yeah. to maybe 80% someone will come up with something better. But that last 20%, then you get stuck with it for a very long time. And honestly, with the Easter Bunny, for me, I felt the same way. Like I was not, I was not stoked on the name initially. Um, and I have to admit, uh, it grew on me over time and obviously solid means different things to different people and i've i've kept with it i when i got around to naming my javascript framework i also went there a similar thing i was like looking on npm and github and being like god every possible <laughs> thing is taken and then like i i found this you know like one variation like solid js i'm like oh that's not taken uh i'll go with that you know it's familiar um it's funny i it nothing to do with the oop kind of like thing i was just like solid as in like the way you use it colloquially like yeah so it's, that's solid yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is pretty solid. And we'll get into the framework in a moment. But so you played in bands. Uh, you didn't go to school for computer science. You just sort of just a tinkerer. Uh, well, actually, I, I did. I, I did try to go to school. I I, I was in university uh, in British Columbia um, from Canada, as mentioned. Uh, but uh, two years in, I was like, it was, it was getting too busy with me uh, with the bands and stuff. Uh, I, I was spending all my time with the music. So I actually uh, left school and um we at the time uh i know people know lover boy or whatnot but this kind of uh 80s band that had some success uh working for the weekend uh the singer actually produced our our punk rock album surprisingly um um and uh you know i, I was taken pretty seriously i thought we could get signed by majors and all that so i kind of 
like had left school and to, to do that. So, um, I did eventually come go back, but it wasn't, it was much, 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 much later when I, uh, I had already started working in the industry a bit and I, it was kind of more for me that time because it kind of bugged me that I never finished rather yeah. than anything else. Cause I, 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 as I was saying, I was already working by that time. I, so did you get your degree then? Yes. I okay. uh, got my engineering degree and in Canada we get this, um, metal oh, ring. That's right. The ring. Yeah. Which is like, can you explain the lore to that? Cause like we do have some folks that are there, not. There, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, it's, it's an iron ring and it had to do with, um, uh, a bridge that collapsed um, in Canada. It was a build of iron. And the whole idea is that like you have a responsibility as an engineer to make a quality product. And this is kind of like a, a memorial to the people, you know, who died in the, the whole situation. Yeah. And that, you know, engineering is, is a place where quality is important and responsibility is part of what we do. Yeah. 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 So everyone who gets a degree, there's a ceremony and you, you get the sort of iron ring to yeah. represent your engineering. Yeah. Like, going through that process of getting an engineering degree. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know this until I worked at GitHub. I, uh, one of the engineers, uh, went to school up in Montreal. Uh, <laughs> and then she was explaining the ring. We were at a conference, uh, actually RailsConf, and someone asked about the ring. I'm like, what is the ring? And then she, she also shared that thing. I was like, wow, this is amazing. But also I wish I went to school and, uh, and got my engineering degree in, uh, in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good experience overall. But as I said, for me, when I went back, it was it was mostly for me. I wanted to do this. I, I around the time that, you know, the music kind of wasn't going where I was hoping I was working in a record store. You know, I was yeah. that was my day job at selling uh, records. I was like, it was kind of depressing almost. I was like, knew I wanted to do more. So I started, you know, shipping my little demos around. You know, I'd been making video game demos anyways. And a company, uh, which was in Vancouver, but actually originally, I guess, a San Fran company, Active Network, they, they took me on and I got reintroduced to web dev um, because it was basically, a, it was a Microsoft.net kind of place. And I worked there for six years. Um, and while I don't have fond memories of .NET, um, Right before I left the last project that I, I worked on, um, they introduced me to um, Knockout JS, uh, which was uh, it was kind of came out of Microsoft too. Uh, Steve Sanderson. Oh, I did, actually, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I don't know if he was there when it, it got created, but essentially, um, it was very common in Microsoft sh shops to have Knockout. Um, and Steve Sanderson is also involved with like Blazor. Um, okay. Yeah. So the you know, and essentially. Um, yeah, so I got I learned Knockout, and that actually helped me get my first kind of like fully JavaScript job um, at a startup of all things, where I by chance got hired by the creator of uh, Knockback, which was a backbone Knockout uh, uh, hybrid library, which in his day was fine. Like I, I, back in two thousand ten or twelve or whatever that was, it had like over a thousand stars on GitHub. Like it, it was a thing. I'd yeah, I was pretty heard, legit. I'd heard of it before I, I joined the company. I didn't know he had actually written it though. So like in the interview I was like comparing stuff and talking about Ember and talking about like different stuff that I kind of played with and might have even dissed the framework a bit <laughs> and not even realized it. And then but like a weekend I'm like, oh it's the same guy. Oh wow. But it was a really good experience to me because he um was big about uh, Linux mentality and open source. He'd open sourced his library, um, uh, uh, sorry, Knockback. Um, I might have said that improperly a minute ago. Yeah. Um, he, he, he had open sourced his library and we built our own ORM um, as well, Backbone ORM. And he basically the whole startup was built on open source software that had been built inside the startup, which is kind of crazy in hindsight. You'd 
might not want to do that as your startup. You know, you, there's that thing about like innovation tokens or whatever people talk about. But this is like 2012 and we're like full stack JavaScript. And I will say this for, for that setup. I never felt so productive as that point when we were using just like everything was JavaScript. Everything was like yeah. the same APIs. We could use Backbone on the client and the server. It was like all, you know, tied together. And it was like very powerful. And the whole team was all JavaScript engineers. And like to that point, it was kind of unheard of, you know, and like, to, you know, this yeah. is only something that became capable. Yeah. Do you feel like we're, we're, we're turning back to, sorry, I'm uh, taking a pause into your origin story. Uh, Cause we'll get to eventually making solid and where that's going. But I've been messing around with TRPC and um, I haven't been back to that sort of the world of like JavaScript everywhere until just now. Like I just built a quick demo app. I'm doing a talk on TRPC pretty soon, which is why I'm um, I just wanted to like go through and understand it. But it also feels like that world again where I'm, I don't have to do all these weird like connections and like TypeScript magic. It, yeah. it just works. Yeah. And and, and uh, to be fair, stuff like GraphQL is also in, in that same kind of category. And at this is the time I was telling you, we built this because GraphQL didn't exist. It was kind of like the same kind of hope that we could do this. I will say this. It is very powerful, really with this whole kind of almost monolithic, but like tied together front end to back end. We had the hardest time actually removing that like six oh, years yeah. later, like when we wanted to change it. Cause we use like, it was too coupled. I mean, if I, if I tacked it again now, I, I have some more ideas and I think there's ways that, you know, you can have better contracts like using TypeScript as your contract um, rather than, you know, other mechanisms that yeah. are so tied together. But yeah, it was, it, it was a good thing for productivity for a small team. Um, and I, I think that's why, you find startups and stuff like really going towards things like TRPC. I think it's, it's really powerful um, for us having to also be the ones maintaining it. Yeah. Um, that was a, its own challenge. And what, I mean, I, I managed to pull it all the way back around again. Yeah. He, the, uh, the creator ended up kind of like, it was a lot and he ended up leaving. Um, I don't know if it was burnout exactly, but he, 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 he'd, he'd done enough. Right. Yeah. And I was kind of left. I was kind of an intermediate dev at that point. I was left kind of in charge. And suddenly I was, you know, had all these open source libraries that we're doing. And I have to admit, I was kind of the begrudgingly person. I'd worked at Microsoft shop. So when, you know, the, I'd come and hit a bug, I'd like complain. And the, and the guy was like, would be like, yeah, there's this bug. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, where's the documentation? Like I was the worst. <laughs> and, and, and he was like, you know, you can just look at the source code. And that's when it clicked for me again, because I'd been working like VS uh, Visual Studios, not VS Code, but like Visual Studios, autocomplete, all, you know, docs, all linked MD, like the whole, you know, Microsoft uh, developer network, you know, th that whole thing. And I'm coming back into open source and like, yeah, no, we just use Sublime here and all this kind of like thing. And, and it, it kind of reawoken something because once he said, look at the source, I'm like, it's, it's view source again. Like it's, it's yeah. not, it's not the exact same, but then I, that, that just lit a fire for me. Like that's what I missed. I'd spent like years in the middle kind of just doing stuff like the way the corporation said to do it and following the steps enterprise, you know, here's how you package this up. And then I was like, Oh, I can just, I can just look at the source and I could change the source and I can, I, I yeah. can do all that. And, um, he, he kind of empowered me. He was like, okay, let's, uh, we need to do better modular stuff. This MV stuff, VC stuff isn't working well. We should make components. We'd just seen React. And I was like, okay, let's use web components. So we built a knockout web component thing. It's largely my work into web components that, that kind of, you know, got us to that point. So um, when he left, I have to admit, I, I'd already kind of got my hands into it, but I was suddenly like very invested in open source. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, uh, you know, it just clicked for me when you said that it clicked for you. 
that viewing source and like actually going to libraries and open source projects and saying, you know what, I can figure this out or I, I can figure out the bug or we can figure out how we can extend this library. It, it's something that I don't think people use enough uh, in engineering roles. Like I think we just sort of assume the library will work for us until it doesn't. And then we go either build or get another or install another one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once, once there, like the whole world of possibilities opens up. And for me, as I said, it started because he kind of nudged me a bit to like go, okay, well, let's, let's do that web component thing. And then I actually ended up open sourcing my own web component library. And then I was like, oh, this doesn't work out. The right polyfills for the shadow DOM and all that stuff. And I started getting involved a little bit more in the community. Like I, I have to admit my first PR was a disaster. I, I, we, we, our shop was written all in CoffeeScript. And I very I used, to, days. used to doing coffee script. I mean, in some ways, you felt like you're developing in the future. When I was using like yeah. Knockout, I had like these function components, and and it was all like coffee script, and it was arrow functions and all this kind of stuff. And I had Knockout had these reactive primitives, and like you know, like we were doing like spreads and destructure and all this stuff. It felt like really advanced. But the problem was, you also don't declare var- variables in Knockout. So um, another uh, kind of known uh, open source uh, creator. Uh, Web Reflection or Andre Giamacci, who created um, um, uh, Hyper HTML, like one of the first template literal um, frameworks in terms of, uh, actually probably the first um, template literal framework in terms of rendering. Um, he he was doing a lot of web component polyfills, and I was like, oh, I want to do native built-ins extensions. I, I basically found something that I need to extend on his plugin, uh, or sorry, his library, and I went to go make the PR for it. And, or actually I opened the issue and then he's like, Oh, someone can just make the PR. And I was like, okay, I'll make the PR. And like, it was a mess. Like I wasn't declaring, I, I was, hadn't used JavaScript in years and I like didn't declare my variables anywhere. And at the end he was like, I, I very much appreciate the effort, but I, I decided to just implement it myself. Like <laughs> I, I put a property on something. It's like, Oh, you can use define property. Like there's like a whole bunch of like little details that I didn't know enough about, you know, the specifics of JavaScript at the time. And like, some subtle nuance that this was better and was, was that because of the type the coffee script experience a, a little bit and honestly you can get by um with javascript not knowing javascript for a very long time and i i i kind of yeah I mean, it was largely coffee script i have to say but yeah i i didn't bother learning about like prototypes and learning about all that stuff because coffee script just worked and yeah, he, he rewrote it himself and he, he just did it himself. And I looked at that to learn from it, but I felt a little bit embarrassed. But that didn't stop me. I just kept on making more library stuff. I made my custom element thing do more different uh, libraries, like support Preact and like different frameworks of time and not just Knockout. But Knockout was an interesting one because it was kind of left field. The whole industry kind of moved on from us yeah. when React came out. And I found myself in a very different place where everything I created or did was very different. Like I'd come and people would be like, look, this solution supports all frameworks with this web component thing. Uh, I skate JS, I think was one of the ones from back in the day. And I'd be like, Oh, okay, cool. And then I try to be like, Oh, it doesn't work for us. Okay. That's, that's fine. I kept on finding that agnostic solutions never worked for like the libraries and stuff I did because knockout as a reactive library is very, very different than what everyone else was doing. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, you're you're right to say that like, the industry moved on for because you had mentioned in passing like Ember JS as well that you were tinkering with. Like I, and Ember JS was my first intro to JavaScript. Um, well, actually, jQuery was my first intro. Yeah, Ember was my first like framework intro. And uh, but yeah, as the industry glommed on the React and like I I shared the story a lot. Like when React came out, I remember distinctively li- sitting like sitting in the rail shop and the front end dev was like, oh. Facebook ship is shipping a, uh, a JavaScript framework. 
and like we all laughed yeah and uh nowadays everyone's everyone's using this thing and like everyone's using the primitives and the ecosystem yeah i mean jsx was not taken very nicely at first and everyone's so used to like the separation uh the mvc kind of thing and but the thing is i built large mvc or mvvm uh app this one at the startup and i saw some of the value there the biggest problem we had with the some of the technology at the time is that they didn't really give as much consideration for client-side state i mean the the problem is like mvc on the server um was a classic pattern and we just brought it with us to the browser and then suddenly it was like where like controllers are singletons like where do you get the state and uh this was something that there's this problem when with view models and i'm getting a little bit technical on this you'd either make your view model wrap the model or wrap the view and it was yeah. not clear which way you should go and you had people be like oh this is dry you should do it this way but then it would cause really bad coupling and all that react's component model gave us a, a clear direction um in terms of like where the state should live and how that should work and every framework has followed toe even things as crazy as i mentioned like knockout still um ended up kind of going more this direction yeah so where did um solid coming into this mix well it was right around that same time right i, I basically had taken over and i was like okay um I, I i've inherited all these open source libraries how can i like streamline it like we looked at react and we we're like uh this isn't how we do stuff like i really didn't like the class components it reminded me of asp.net because there's all these life cycles and i i'd been really used to doing these primitives like um you know where you'd have like observable and computed um and uh pure computed and they're just like simple things where you could just call it as a function and essentially like describe your ui there's there's you basically didn't need classes because there you did everything in the constructor so to speak so but these technologies were aging and like aging kind of badly because like react triggered a renaissance like you know bundlers and all this thing yeah the performance was you know maybe not as good as you wanted and i was like no no this this approach has wings so around 2015 and 16 i started experimenting i'd already built my web component library and i was like i can build uh kind of a reactive library that can power my web components and i i kind of started on solid js at that point and it wasn't really much it was just my project i thought we'd use at work and i i built it on like in private on bitbucket um and just kind of like tinkered away and it was getting to you know a pretty good place and i kind of liked the api and where i was sitting and i i you know i but i, I started kept coming across these benchmarks and all the benchmarks you know i, I watched a f- talk from ryan florence way back at like hype js where he did like a stock ticker like db mod and they kept on saying that this react uh approach of vdom was fast and really fast and i was like no 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 i, I had some older demos and i knew otherwise and i was like i can build a reactive system that can trump the vdom on performance and that's 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 how it went because i was just playing around with it and i decided at that point i need to open source this because i want to enter benchmarks it had nothing to do with anything else i just wanted to show <laughs> just wanted to prove, prove ryan wrong <laughs> yeah kind of yeah i mean to be fair i i like it wasn't just that there was just like a lots of different yeah. you know all the whole uh rhetoric around like vdom and performance so i i did and i entered the js framework benchmark uh, it was around 2018 so like we jumped ahead a couple of years and but you know we had all the basics of what we had today um and the, the key innovation was something that i picked up from a different library um surplus js um was that we could use jsx with reactivity um as a, inst- instead for our templates and this could kind of like get us closer to javascript and i really really like that so in 2018 jsx reactivity primitives 
release this, enter some benchmarks. And I was pretty happy. I'd, we, I'd gone to basically the front of the list back then. So Solid was like the front of the JS framework benchmark. I guess it's like four and a half years ago. And I was like, sweet, I've proven what I've, I'm going to do. Um, and a few people saw it and like interested. So I like I started engaging and like, you know, it was just kind of like my pet project. I didn't think very much of it. Um, but I, I mean, another important milestone came up at that point, which was um, October 26, 2018. I remember these dates because the, the state changed my life, um, which is kind of sad to say, perhaps. But um, Dan Abramoff went on stage and announced uh, React Hooks. And this is a big date for me because Solid's primitives and React Hooks look really similar. And at that point, he was legitimizing essentially this composable way of building things. And I didn't expect in a million years. Like I, I thought like you know classes. Everyone likes plain objects. They're not going to want to like create signal, you know, things. And that that changed everything because at that point I was like, I realized like there was a circle of us doing this kind of reactive programming, and we didn't think anyone would really care about what we were doing. And half of those libraries, they when React Hooks came out, they're just like, my work is done, and they just <laughs> uh, they just like what libraries, what uh, folks were. Oh, doing I think well, well, I'm trying to. I, I'm probably going to misname them right now because. The, like there, was it moon uh there, there, there's a couple js libraries that really were talking about incredible performance um yeah. and i guess even surplus itself had kind of run its course the one that i got the influence from yeah and uh you know it was just kind of like okay we, we've, we've done it we've influenced people this is a good pattern and i was like but wait i i understood the hook rules almost immediately and i'm like we don't need those like this this could actually be like better in some ways and at that point i was just like okay i'm going to start writing about like how i chose to go this way and how this framework works and uh, i you know started i got a medium account and i started writing articles yeah so you so you came from a a space where you're building this framework internally at this startup yeah uh which again i honestly if you're starting a startup and you want to build a business starting a framework on top of that or to build that <laughs> to be fair it was mostly in my own time there's it was it was the timing was kind of interesting because like i told you i was now in charge which meant i didn't get to develop anymore i need to hire people and i was actually more of an engineering manager yeah. rather than like a developer anymore so i was like i had that itch so i'd like come home after work and be like okay how can i make things more productive for my developers and stuff so i'd actually start working on it in the, oh, in the evenings um a bit and at this point you know i I didn't have my kids yet, but actually right around that time, Solid's about as old as my oldest, my, my daughter, because, you know, you start being up late at night when you, yeah. when you have a you know, the newborn and I was just like, okay, you know, I'm up. So I actually was working on a solid, like in those, <laughs> those years. Yeah. Um, like the early years there. Um, and when my kid was born, I watched, uh, rewatched 30 rock on Hulu. <laughs> that's, that's my productivity. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I just found the time kind of through that way. And it, yeah, as you said, it was for, for, for this, uh, st- startup, but it was actually my own project. Um, and I, I tell people they find it amusing in 2018, which is around the time I opened source solid, we started, we had to make the decision whether we we're going to make the switch that old software kind of gone ran its course and we were, this started talking about how hard it was to gut it um and i, I directed the team actually to preact of, of all things okay so not even to solid but to preact react. and we actually ended up on react so, okay. so ironically like it was because the hooks and suspense and everything was really good patterns and we really like 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 that and it solid wasn't where it needed to be yet but and you know having gone through the whole thing is like startup you guys don't need to take on this maintenance burden in hindsight it was probably a really good move for them because not only 
they were able to uh, hire easier, which is a big thing that we always challenge with, with training. But I ended up moving on from that company like a year later. So like, okay, because your, your job was done <laughs> at that point. Right. Yeah. So like, so solid now is a thing. It's open source 2018. Uh, you moved on to what, what company did you move on to? eBay eBay. Okay. Yeah. They, 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 I told you I started writing and I, I kind of made this claim, I guess, back in 2019 in one of my articles that basically components were pure overhead. That was kind of the concept I'd come up with because I, I'd built a framework for web components. And then at a certain point I was like, why am I using the web components? And I just got rid of the, the web components. And what I was left with was a Componentless framework essentially. Like, don't get me wrong, Solid has components from an authoring standpoint, but the runtime, the components don't dictate anything. Um, and so, in a funny sense, web components have got me to build a framework, but then essentially, then I kind of moved to a, a new zone. And once I was there, I realized that I could take this kind of fine grain updates and it was really performant, as I mentioned. And the eBay team saw that and they're like, fine grain to solve a different problem they're having. They were trying to figure out how to make their partial hydration, which is like islands, if people have seen that. Yeah. eBay's had islands like since 2014. Like they they knew all about partial hydration. They've been developing these solutions for years and years. And they saw what I'd written about fine grain and getting rid of components. And they're like, that's how we do even finer hydration. So I was suddenly working on uh, Marco 6, the new, next version of Marco, which essentially takes kind of the fine-grained ideas from Solid and applies it to this compiler completely optimized for hydration. It's an, it's an incredible project, yeah. honestly. So Marco's been around since 2014 or was yeah. it something before? No, Mar- Marco was. That's when they open sourced it. They, they, they actually started in 2012. They, this is like a, an interesting story in itself, but I, I won't get too far into it. But essentially, eBay was all Java, and they're like, we want to do full stack node. So they're like... We can only do that if we don't regress in performance. So create me a JavaScript framework that runs on the server that isn't going to cause like our, our metrics to go down. So Marco had to basically come up with partial hydration and streaming. Um, and it's funny because these are two things that are very hot right now because like yeah. React 18 brought streaming and React server components are a form of partial hydration. Yeah. But uh, Marco basically had that in 2014. Yeah, and like I didn't even know what Marco was until recently. So which is like mind-boggling for me as this like a JavaScript dev that's also doing React. It's open source too. It was open source. It was just one of those things that no one cared at the point. Yeah. And they, they come and try and tell you about it. And then the first question is like, where's your client-side router? Where's React router? And it's like, no, no, no. You, it's, it's a multi-page app framework. Oh, we don't like multi-page apps. Like, and it's funny. We're seeing like a renaissance of that. It's things like Astro, Fresh. Yeah. But so yeah, Marco was like, I don't know, eight, 10 years ahead of its time. That, yeah, it's completely fascinating. Cause like, you know, I've honestly, I feel like in San Francisco, I've been working here for years, uh, has not crossed Marco's path until like 2020 maybe. Yeah. And, uh, to find out today it's been around since 2014. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I joined the team in 2020 and that's when I like started kicking it up. Cause what had happened was the that team had kind of, the team had kind of slowed down a bit and just was managing eBay internally and the creator had moved on and the two guys were doing all of Marco basically. And I joined the team and I was like, how does no one know about this? Like, it was so insane. Like in, I had one of those moments, like, cause like when I saw reactivity, I was like, you know, and knockout. And years later I was like, this, this is an incredible thing. I was like, we should have been doing this for years. Marco was the same thing. I, it was like the second time in a, in, in short order that I realized that I'd found something that was so incredibly ahead of its time to, and I was like, we, we, we got to learn from this. Um, 
so yeah, Mar- Marco was incredible. Um, still working on Marco six. It's a, it's an incredibly complicated compiler. It's, it's, it's sub component, partial hydration. It's resumable. It's, it's all the hydration bells and whistles. Um, but for me personally, um, some other opportunities came knocking on the door for solid. And that's kind of, uh, why I don't work at eBay anymore because I love what I was doing at eBay. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy because like you came from doing Knockout to then doing React briefly to now doing Marco to now you get to work on Solid full time. So like eBay moved you down to the Bay Area, yeah, uh, during the pandemic. Yes, uh, so we had like like in the very beginning. You're now working remote, open source for eBay, uh, but then now was it the opportunity was Netlify reach out? Yeah, yeah, I it, I'd been working for eBay for a couple of years, and honestly, I really wanted to see Marco Six out the door. We're getting so close; it's such an amazing project. But then the opportunity was posed to me that I could, I, I was already doing open source with eBay, but I could I could actually work fully on upstream open source, um, kind of like independent of you know the company's desires or whatever to yeah. just kind of like just do what i do out in the community and i thought that was just amazing like to be fair when you work on a company uh you know open source project whether you're ebay with marco or meta with with react like the company has needs and that yeah prioritization kind of comes into it and you're like okay you know what's good for the company we can also see that it's also good for others and we'll, we'll trickle down and we'll make make it happen um but this was a different kind of opportunity because it was just like you know let's let's talk about what you want to do ryan and see what you can do with it because like netlify's biggest thing is they just they they want you to get your site out there that, yeah. that's their biggest goal is they just want to make it as easy as possible for anyone to just be out there on the internet and be able to you know make their site and these goals you know with open source obviously very uh, run in parallel but they're not like dictating each other it's just like if 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 i do good work in open source that'll get more people building on the web and then yeah. more people can deploy netlify like they they sit together very cohesively um and um yeah it, it's just it's been incredible yeah and it's the thing that uh so i had this conversation a while ago with um, one of the open source employees uh on this channel on youtube about fang like the 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 fang conglomerate of all these public companies ruining open source because like when they get to the level of like principle where you're at at a google you end up needing to, or distinguishes like the, the highest level yeah. you have to start driving business goals and you have to start architecting like things that will make make ebay faster and make google search faster and uh which is pretty adamant like it's admirable for netlify to do that and reach out and say hey we just want to make it easier for people to get sites, whether it's solid or react or spelt or whatever it is. Like they just want to make it easier. So your role has no OKRs around like how many solid deploys are. are no, no, no. Yeah. It, it, and the thing is it, it was pretty open. Like the degree I work on solid is actually up to debate, it, I, you know, to a certain degree. Like obviously I have a lot of good work going on with solid, but I, I work a lot with the, the other, um, uh, libraries a, a lot like I, I mean we we've been working on some benchmarks recently because hydration is one of those topics that is hard um you know people don't know the difference between the different approaches you know but it is it there is a big impact um on your javascript so we're going okay well how do we measure it how do we show that to people so i've been working with uh, the closely with the guys from builder um and quick and marco you know yeah. how to do that and i just have this kind of opportunity to kind of uh you know get that out there because here's the thing you are right about the large company thing like their priorities but sometimes when you have stuff at that scale there's good ideas that do trickle down like yeah uh marco obviously was built because of a 
eBay need. And now we have partial hydration and out of order streaming. And, um, Similarly, uh, Quick, for example, is based on uh, Wiz, which was an internal framework for for Google, and they that their way of doing this kind of fine, lazy loading kind of stuff has now gets to the mainstream where other people can leverage that. Um, it takes a whole different type of effort to figure out how to take this incredible technology and make it usable by the masses, and that's kind of where it is. It's it's funny because I am a performance junkie. I love thinking about how you can maximize user experience. But so much of our work is actually about developer experience because it's like, it's pointless if it's hard to use. Um, so it's, it's, it's always that kind of consideration. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so I don't know if you've drawn this correlation because we talked about your, your engineering ring um, and like also the name solid, but like the fact that like, again, solids like remove the component and it's like really focused on this performance piece. So like, you're working on a very specific piece and now it's trickling out to all these other frameworks. Like you're literally living the vision of all Canadian engineers of like, you can make the web better and easier to use. Like, I don't know if you've thought about that. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you're right. Signals are coming everywhere now. Preact just released signals, um, quick announced signals. The angular team has been engaging me about how they can use signals. Um, it's, it's been, crazy to see that you know there are other options from the vdom um we, we did see a bit that with rich harrison's felt with the compiler but um this is like a different approach and um yeah i i never expected this at the beginning i just wrote some article wrote a framework then wrote some articles um and you know here we are yeah yeah and we we barely didn't get a chance to cover your live streaming or youtube like the the purpose for that was really just to expose these con concepts and get people engaged. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was not on social until 2019. I joined Twitter because someone said, hey, there's a cool demo. You should make an install to show people what you can do. And I joined at that point. It's a Paul Henschel 3D Cube demo. And at that point, I whole new world. Like I wouldn't have actually got hired at eBay because they actually reached out to me through Twitter. I think that's what reminded them of my articles. Um, and yeah, from there, it's just like I knew that it would, I'd get into debates with people like how you could analyze JSX and stuff. And it was just kind of, I, I couldn't get breakthrough on it. And it, it wasn't just about solid. It was just about the kind of things that I'd learned in my, my journey. And um, I realized I needed to double down on my focus on content and education. So I, I started writing more articles, not just about solid, just web dev in general, hydration, all these kind of uh, topics that are very close to the framework and considered kind of advanced and seeing if I could break them down in a way that more people could, um, you know, learn about these topics because they're, they are part of our trade. Like they are part of what we do. And it, and it also helps in my way feel fight things like JavaScript fatigue, because if you have the education out there, you're not going to get blindsided by whatever new thing comes around because nothing is really that new. It's like, yeah, apparently, like with Marco being 2014, <laughs> like you ripping solid out of the the sort of ashes of knockout, yeah. like it, it is very true. And like even like I mentioned React being before we hit record, like it feels like PHP, JSX and all this other stuff that's borrowed from other places. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, this continues to go on and on. And I, th I think it's a good thing. People are like, oh, another JavaScript framework. I'm like... Thank you. You know, like I, I like seeing what, where this innovation goes, but the key part is to understand the trends. You have to educate yourself and you have to learn about what those trends are. And I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep on going. And, uh, I wrote more general articles and I start streaming. Yeah. Uh, you know, it started as just like a casual Friday night stream because, you know, that's when I had time for it, but I've had a chance now to actually put 
other framework authors on you know out there put give them the podium to, to talk about you know some of the more technical stuff because sometimes you don't get to do that you know people are just like how do i use this this certain kind of um lower bar on entry and i i, I get it it's important to have adoption to have people come in and be able to use your tool and use your framework but you know there's also a whole audience of people out there who are probably interested in what went into those decisions you know kind of slightly more intermediate to advanced and i realized pretty quickly um that having those people on this on my show so to speak and talking with them we could all learn things it helped yeah. influence how solids metaframework solid start worked um just simply having like nuxt and having hydrogen and having like Marco and and Quick and all those people come and you know talk to me about this. I, I use this as a chance to learn uh, myself. Yeah. I, you know this 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 is I, I've been getting busier and busier with uh, you know as things gone on and I, I love actually having that space now because it's like okay I'm gonna get to learn about something new today. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I wish we could talk more, but we gotta wrap it up. Fair but um, yeah, would folks like definitely should follow you on Twitter, follow you on Twitch. And, uh, oh, YouTube, actually. YouTube. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of your content's on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, just want to thank you for making the drive down. And uh, stay saucy, all The Secret Sauce is a podcast produced in-house by OpenSauce, the open-source intelligence platform providing insights by the slice. If you're in San Francisco and interested in being a guest on the show, find us on Twitter at SauceOpen. And don't forget to check out OpenSauce at opensauce.pizza.